Hi everyone. If you follow our newsletter or personally follow me on social media, then you're probably aware that I'm on a mission to create a totally non-toxic home. It's a process that's not always easy and takes time. And recently we've been trying to tackle textiles and have been searching for cleaner alternatives that are only made from natural fibers. This is a surprising road to embark on because so many textiles contain contaminants and ironically, many if not all the yoga mats I know of contain toxins and plastics that are not good for the environment or your personal health, no matter how much the brand convinces you of their sustainability practices. That's why I was super thrilled to discover Bend and I'm really excited to share about them with you. Bend Yoga strives to support their customers' personal wellness by providing naturally made and medicinally dyed yoga products. Basically, they use only sustainable and ethical fibers and materials, and not only do they dye their pieces with 100% plant-based formulas, they actually infuse them with traditionally used medicinal Ayurvedic herbs. They weave them into the fabric of every yoga mat and meditation pillow to support your immune health, the endocrine system, circulation, and digestion. So more than being just a non-toxic textile, these textiles that they're using actually promote wellness. They're also crafted on traditional hand looms by highly experienced artisans in the Ayurvedic tradition, with every step thoughtfully designed in balance with the environment and the planet. Honestly, this could not be a brand that aligned more with my personal philosophy on home, nature as medicine, and environmental stewardship. For that reason, it was a no-brainer to partner with them. I strongly recommend swapping out your current yoga mat and meditation accessories for one of their healing alternatives if you're due for an upgrade or if you're just also looking to detox your textiles. Bend is also offering the fullest listeners $20 off your Bend order when you use code THEFULLEST at checkout. Visit bendyoga.com. That's bend with two N's and experience the added benefits of a medicinally dyed yoga mat or meditation pillow today. Hi, everyone. Welcome to the Fullest Podcast. I'm your host, Nikki Bostwick. And today's guest is Elena Bellis, who's an art director, model, and most importantly, a mother. Elena's journey into motherhood was powerful. Her first son, Lincoln's stillbirth, was obviously a crushing loss, but Elena turned it into a major catalyst for healing, growth, and letting go. And only 12 months later, she gave birth to twin girls. And during this unexpected journey into motherhood, her relationship with her husband has also grown deeper. And in fact, the pair also work together as co-founders of their one-stop own creative studio. I'm so excited to have you on. Hi. Hi. Um, real quick, uh, the girls were born, I think, sixteen months after. Oh, okay. <laughs> Just <laughs> I was reading it, and I was like, twelve months later. I mean, no, later, no. I was like, I was like, wow, that would have been like, no. Um, but even sixteen months later, I mean, yeah. I mean, I really after it happened, I was just like, I just want to get pregnant again. Like you just want to fix, you want to have, when you're in grief like that hard, you just want to fix it. My doulas and my midwife, um, really encouraged me to wait to try again for six months at the minimum. They were just like, let yourself grieve, let yourself really go through it. You know, like allow, allow the feelings to move through your body and just sit with it, be with it. And at first I was like, I just want the baby. Like that wasn't, that whole experience wasn't fair. I just want the fix. I want to have my baby. Like, So your midwife and doula encouraged you to wait six months. Did you yeah. have a home birth with Lincoln? Um, I had, I had been um, early laboring at home. I had, I, so basically I went into labor on a Monday, like early labor. So like nothing really, it was just yeah. like period cramp feeling. Um, and then Tuesday I was having contractions, but they were like every like 15 minutes or so. And then when I woke up on Wednesday morning, I was having, I was in active labor. 
at home. And um, my our whole plan was that my doulas were we were gonna labor at home until I was in transition, and then my midwife could only deliver in hospital. Oh. It was, uh, so we were gonna once I was in transition, we were gonna get in the car and drive downtown to the hospital where my midwife was able to deliver at. So basically, I'm in transition having contractions every 30 seconds. And my doula is like, all right, time to get in the car. Let's go. And I was totally cool. I had it. We didn't know at this point because I was laboring at home with doulas who can't take, who can't like monitor the heart rate. Oh. And when we got to the hospital, obviously the car ride was horrific because I was having contractions every 30 seconds and I was confined to the backseat of a car. I felt like trapped. Yeah. Because, you know, you, when you're in contractions and you have no pain help, you need to like roar like a lion and move your body around and be able to feel free and so that you can stay with your breath. And I just felt it was the first time in labor that I was like out of control of my mind. Oh my and I was God. like, it was awful. And then we got to the hospital and I'm still having contractions every 30 seconds. And they're having to fill out all this paperwork and the doctors are trying to get me in to get checked so they can put me in a room. And when they started to check me, there was another woman in the room also getting checked. So there was conflicting heartbeats happening, Oh, but they kept looking at me weird and I was just like, something's going on. And my doula was like, can someone just, can someone tell us what's happening? And they went and they turned off the other woman's heart monitor so that they could focus on mine. And they were like, that's Elena's heartbeat. And then the nurse went, she left the room and she went and got a doctor. The doctor came in and started checking. And the doctor left the room. Nobody's saying anything to me. Oh my and God. then they went and they got the like head of the department and they were like sorry ma'am we can't find your child's heartbeat and i was seven i'm seven centimeters dilated i'm having contractions with no pain help and then they told me that news and i just lost it i mean like anybody would i was just like what do you mean and they were like sorry ma'am wow yeah. yeah. So at that point, where I mean, I don't even know like where to begin. Like, do you ask questions? Like, are you like I mean, I need to give birth? Like, I mean, there's just so many things that still need to happen, right? Yeah. I mean, I'm I can't even like totally grieve because I'm in full contractions. I'm I'm yeah. in labor. I'm like needing. They're like trying to get me to lay down on a hospital bed so they can move me and I'm in I need to be like on the ground I don't know if you've ever had natural birth but you need to be like walking or like in a shower or on your hands and knees and I was really with Lincoln's birth really needing to be on my hands and knees and like letting my sounds out yeah and it just felt like a nightmare like I'm being confined to this bed where I can't move I was just told my son died. Oh my God. And now I have to figure out like how I'm going to give birth. And I was just like, I just was like, just give me a cesarean. Just, just put me out and give me a cesarean. I'm done. I'm done. I don't know what to do. And I was just, ah. I didn't, I just went to like, to that. And my husband, he was like such a sound. He was so like present and sound in that moment even though we had just gotten this news, he was just like, it's your choice. Whatever you want to do is okay with me. But if we choose to have another child and we have a cesarean right now, it'll be a lot harder to have a vaginal birth. Aww. And I was just like, you're right. I was like, but I'm getting an epidural. Yeah. <laughs> because like the baby's not it's not going to affect the baby. And I just, I want to grieve and I want to sleep and I just want it to be, I don't want to feel any more pain. Yeah. So I got an epidural and that was at like midnight at that point on Wednesday. And we just like, 
the nurses gave us some space and we just cried and cried and cried. And my brother-in-law came to be with us, which was so comforting to have like someone rush over at like 1 a.m. Yeah. To just sit with us. Oh. And he stayed and then uh, my doulas were there. They stayed at the hospital. I don't know if you remember the birth stories with Kate Danson and Vanessa Halby and Paula Malice. Yeah. Uh, they were my doulas, all three of them. Wow. Yeah, it was pretty crazy. Um, <laughs> they were building their website and they asked if they could be their doulas and film my birth experience oh my with Lincoln. God. So they were all at the hospital. Wow. And it was their first stillbirth too. Oh my gosh. Um, and Vanessa, Vanessa was my prime. Like she was with me the most. Mm-hmm. And Vanessa was in the room and it was getting closer and closer to me being, so we like slept and then it was like, I don't know, like 5.30 and the doctors came in and they were checking me and they were like, you're getting closer. We're going to push sooner. And I was like, I'm just not, I just don't feel ready yet still. Yeah. And they let me rest a little bit more and I was feeling really nervous about seeing his body. Yeah. And they were like, you know, what's it, what are your wishes? Do you want us to just take the baby out of the room? Do you want to hold the baby? And at first I was just like, I was so in fear of what it would be like to see like a dead baby, my dead baby's body, like how if it would traumatize me more than the experience I already had. And I decided with James I was like, I'm just not sure that I want to see the baby. Maybe I do, but I don't. I But right now I'm feeling like I don't. I'm feeling really scared that I'm going to feel really, it's going to make me feel really sad even more than I am. And my doula came in and she was like, I talked to the nurses and I heard your wishes. And I just wanted to just let you know that like, that's your son. Your body built him. That's your baby. Are you sure you don't want to see his fingers and his toes? Are you sure you don't want to see your cheekbones and his face? And I was just like, you're right. I do want to see that. Yeah. I do want to see my baby. I'm so grateful she told me to because if I would have let fear, I think I really would have regretted that. Yeah. So he came, they came in at like 6.15 and said, okay, it's time to push. And we pushed and it was like, it honestly was such a beautiful birth in that regard. Like I saw, I felt what it felt like to have a vaginal birth and to have a baby and they cleaned him up and brought him over to me and I got to hold him. And I got to see his hands and everything. And he looks so much like James. Oh. Wow. Um, But it was funny because even though I was holding his body, I just knew I was like, his soul is free. You know, like this is, this is the body of my son, but my son is, he is so alive. And he's so free. And I just, like, I held on to that in that moment. Yeah. Like, it felt separate to me. Um, I think from, I lost my mom when I was 15. And uh, from going through the grief of losing her, I just knew that so much beauty can come from loss. And in that, in that moment of holding my son, I just held on to that of like this sucks and this hurt but I know there's there's light and I just I I held on so tight to that wow that's so beautiful well I mean gosh losing your mom at 15 as a woman I mean as anyone but just the such critical times and then having that experience of having a stillbirth and also like, you know, it's, 
it can happen at any time, right? In a pregnancy. But for you, it was like you were, you know, up until the last day, like he was. Yeah. I was full term. I was 38 weeks. Everything was good to go. I had had a checkup four days prior to, to going into labor and everything was fine. Gosh. But you know what? I, my whole pregnancy with him, I kept having dreams of someone taking my baby away. And James would find me sleepwalking in our house, like turning lights on, Whoa. looking for him. And I would wake up like shook to my core of like somebody took our baby. And I one dream I remember specifically, I walked into a room and there were like 10 babies laying in a circle. And I was looking at them and I was like, I don't know which one it is. I don't know who my baby is. Wow. And so, I think my subconscious was like preparing me. Yeah. That's wild that you had that. I mean, I know that like dreams, you know, vivid dreams like that are sometimes part of, or can be part of like a, you know, pregnancy, but like, that's really intense to be sleepwalking, looking for him, you know, like that's like a next, another level. Yeah. Wow. I mean, yeah. I love that your husband was able to just have that, like clarity I know being there for you and then also just being like I know that this is your body but I also know what you want and I know that you want a natural birth and so like I just think that's so beautiful and and what we all need is when we go through you know hard times even though he was going through it with you it's like you need an advocate like that to help you see into the future and like I actually recently we had some family friends who had lost their mom and like, it was, um, I think it had, it's been like 10 years now. And so it was like a significant number for them. So I was like thinking about it the last Mm -hmm. month and, and then just seeing the daughters and how their lives have expanded and grown. And I was, I mean, it was just like, you know, I saw some posts of like her with her now fiance and their dog and whatever. And I was just thinking, wow, like in those moments, it's like, like life can never go on again. And then like how it expands is just so beautiful. But, and, but you also need to go in those. You need to go through the grief. Yeah. And I feel like facing the grief, like head on is the only way you can, I mean, everyone grieves differently and every, whatever way you grieve is great for you. But for me, I was like, let's do this. Like I am going to sit in this. I am going to feel every feeling I want to feel like I, I just, I want to be with this. I don't want to push it away. I don't want it to manifest into other things. Yeah. Um, like I said, losing my mom really, that experience obviously was devastating, but going through that experience really gave me the tools of what grief looks like. Yeah. So I kind of knew what it would look like. Mind you, it was different. I felt like what the hell is wrong with me? What kind of karma do I have that the universe takes my mom and now my first kid? Yeah. Like what, why did I deserve this? That was really hard. I felt like I was like in the twilight zone of like, like what is real anymore? I don't know what's real. Is this really happening? Is this real life? Did I just make this whole experience up in my mind? Like nothing, nothing felt tangible at that point, at the beginning. I mean, just being able to articulate it right now. Like I, Mm -hmm. I I mean, obviously you've done so so much work around it to be able to even speak to it and Mm -hmm. such like detail you know I mean down to the way he looked and I mean it's just so beautiful and in so many ways um what was the postpartum period like for you obviously like I just can't imagine I don't even know yeah what 
that would look like because not only are you grieving but you're you know going through all the other things that you go through yeah. after birth oh my gosh my boobs first of all mind you this is my first child so a lot of this stuff was so unknown like yeah having to wear a diaper and still bleeding and my boobs getting big and not being able to express the milk and how did you um get your milk production to stop I mean, it never fully stopped until after I had the girls. I was able to, like, get milk out of my nipples the entire time, basically. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. But I guess when it when the milk came in, when my boobs were engorged with milk, um, my doula caught me and James how to like express how to to release the tension basically and she put cabbage leaf like frozen cabbage leaves on Mm -hmm. to help with the pain that was happening there was just so much happening I think like for me it's hard to I can't honestly I can't really remember like that was what was happening with my body besides me just being sad yeah. And what was it like with James? Like, did he feel like, like he had to, you know, like be there? I mean, obviously I'm sure he was there for you, but like, did you feel like you were able to just kind of like grieve together or was it? Oh yeah, definitely. We kind of came home and we just kind of, that time was, was so bittersweet. Obviously we were grieving and sad and, my sister flew in um, the day we came home from the hospital to be with us. Wow. And I just remember we woke up the day we got home and we were both like sobbing in our bed together. And my sister crawled in bed and sobbed with us. And just having having her there and having James with me and we could all be sad together. Yeah. It was so powerful. And also, I just felt like our community just showed up tenfold. I felt so loved and so taken care of. And James, I felt like there were moments where he felt like maybe he he had to be there for me. Yeah. I think because I was carrying Lincoln that I felt he felt like maybe I was more connected. I feel like for men, obviously, they're connected to their unborn child, but... It's, yeah, it's different. It's a different thing. And I think there was an element to it that was, I ha- I don't, I'm not saying that his experience was less or more. It was yeah. just different. Yeah. But we were able to grieve together a lot. There were moments where I would feel like cried out and he would just sob. I remember he was taking a shower and I felt like it maybe was like the first time that I heard him just sobbing. Oh, like a couple of days, like maybe the day we got home. And I mean, he had been sobbing a lot, but like not me with him, just alone. Yeah. It was like the twilight. It just didn't feel real that whole time. Yeah. Do you, how, I mean, like obviously you ended up having the twins 16 months later, but like how long did it take for you to kind of like gain that courage back to like be pregnant? And then what was your second pregnancy? Like, I mean, did you feel like you had PTSD? So I did after like, like a month or two or feeling sad with Lincoln. I just felt the whole time. I'll just start. I'm going to start back to him and then I'll get to the girls. Um, the whole time we were grieving, I felt a sort of guilt for feeling so dark and sad because I just felt like his soul was so free. Yeah. And I wanted to honor him and his choice. And I, at first was, I felt like, what, did I do something wrong in the pregnancy? Was it my fault? And James was just like, babe, women do cocaine in pregnancy and they have perfectly healthy babies. Like, this is not your fault. Let's not go down that road. And I was like, you're right. Crossed off the list. Like that's, I'm not going to blame myself. This is not my fault. 
Mm-hmm. And then um, uh, this woman, Danielle, came over and read my chart and Lincoln's chart. Wow. Like pretty within like the first week, someone had gifted us her and she came over and just sat with me and she was just, we were talking and I was crying and she was saying, she was like, have you ever thought that maybe his soul just needed that, those nine months of love? Oh, and I was like, I can hold on to that. That makes sense to me. Yeah, I can get, I, I agree with you. Maybe that is what he needed. And maybe I was the vessel of the love that he was needing. Wow. And I'm, and I was like, Oh, that makes total sense. That's what I'm going to believe. That's what I'm holding on to. Mm-hmm. And from that moment on, I was like, if that's all the love he was needing, I want to honor that. And I want to be proud of him. And I want to share that. And so I wanted to stop feeling so sad about it. Mm-hmm. And I wanted to find the joy and I wanted to feel connected and I wanted to really honor him and share his story. Yeah. I I love that because that probably also made you like, you know, exactly like what you're saying, share his story and be more empowered to share with others. I mean, this is most people I feel like just don't ever talk about it. Right. I mean, we don't yeah. even women I mean, don't talk about miscarriages. Let I didn't even know what a stillbirth was, to be honest. I had wow. never heard of anyone having one until I was having one. Wow. And I was like, what, what is this? Like, why is this is common when they were telling me the numbers. And I was like, why have I not ever heard of these stories? This is crazy. Wow. Was it Danny Beinstein that did your chart? Yes. I love her. I love her too. She's so special. Yeah. Just, she would be the one to kind of put it in perspective in that way, in such a beautiful way and and I think that's so cool that you did that you had his chart done yeah it was it was gifted to me by Paula Malice well because then on to do their um their like at home read a moon new moon ceremonies actually yeah yeah wow so so okay so I had like a change of heart and wanted I was feeling inspired to like get connected with him and I had been gifted the book the untethered soul Mm -hmm. like five years prior a friend had gifted it to me on my mom's birthday um or the the anniversary of my mom's death and I read the first chapter and I like put it down and then forgot I had it basically Mm -hmm. and I saw it on the bookshelf after losing Lincoln and I picked it up And I was like, all right, I want to, I want to be at peace. I'm going to read this book. And I made this deal in my head that I'm going to read a chapter of this book. I'm going to meditate on it. And I'm going to call in my spirit, baby. Mm -hmm. Because Paula, Vanessa and Kate were like, there's this book, Spirit Babies. So I read The Untethered Soul and I took it very slowly. I would I read one chapter at a time and it has nothing to do with grief. It has nothing to do with babies. Mm-hmm. It is a spiritual book. Um, I love it so much. It's such a good book. It's such a good book. It changed yeah. my life. It changed the way I was viewing Lincoln. It was, cha- it changed the way how I viewed experiences altogether. And I was like, I could, I, it, we all have a, you have a like, choice in life with experiences and tragedies and things that happen to you of how you view it. Yeah. And, I, um, and I was just like, wow, like I can choose to feel sad and I can choose to feel like a victim and that the universe doesn't want me to be happy or, or I can choose to view it as a gift and view it as a lesson and that there's light in the darkness and I was like, I'm going to choose that because what else would I want? I don't want to lay in my bed and die and be sad forever. Yeah. I want to be free and I want to be happy. So I, I did that. And then um, 
I was very specific with calling on my spirit baby. I was very adamant about not putting any pressure on getting pregnant. I didn't want to be tracking my ovulation. I didn't want to feel stressed out about getting pregnant. I wanted it to feel like organic and whoever was coming to me was coming and knew it was safe and they could come at their own time. And every time I meditated, I was just like, I love you. I'm ready whenever you are. There's no pressure. I'm safe. Your dad is safe. And you can come home whenever you want. Oh. And that was like a loop in meditation. Yeah. And then I would call on. So when you read calling on your spirit, baby, you call on like things you're looking for in someone kind of like. I was just like, I would love a child who's compassionate and silly, like stuff like that. And I just had such a long list of like cares about the earth (laughs) that I feel, I joke that like I called on so much that I was blessed with two instead of one because they couldn't fit it all (laughs) in one baby. Wow. But I really, I really, um, I'm really proud of myself and how I really focused on healing yeah and and connecting to like um i went to spirit weavers with my best friend christy that year and um when when we were there it was like may so i lincoln died in december and then in may we went and when we were there um i felt so connected to him like i could feel his spirit all around me Wow. And we were at a concert like one night at Spirit Weavers and a woman had her baby with her. And I knew the woman, but not well, but she was like, do you mind holding my son so I can dance or something? And I held him and he, his butt sat right on my womb and just pressed on it. And I just started sobbing. And I was just like, it felt like such a release and cathartic. Like I just needed, my womb needed to be like cleared. Yeah. And so I gave her, her son back to hold. And I went on a walk through the like sequoia trees in the middle of the night. It was night and I was by myself. And off in the distance, there were like Christmas lights draped from tree to tree that the ambient light was enough for me to see. And it was like kind of cold and there was like a little bit of a breeze. And I was just, I remember I was like walking in the trees and I just felt him come to me in that moment. And I just had this like spiritual breakthrough where I was like, oh, you're everywhere. You're all around me. You're right here with me. You're not going anywhere and it's okay. Like I'm okay. It's okay for me to move forward now. Yeah. Like he's your angel. Yeah. Like I felt him so heavily and like I was touching the trees and I was smiling and crying and I just felt so grateful. Like it it was like the moment I got to the other side of like, of it being so dark. Yeah. Wow. And that's what, like, I mean, almost six months, right? Yeah. It was pretty crazy. Wow. And I'm so glad they told me to wait. Like I can't imagine had I gotten pregnant three months after having a stillbirth, what a nervous wreck I would have been the whole pregnancy. Like I needed to have that spiritual awakening, not only for getting pregnant again, but for life within itself. Yeah. I I needed to do that work. And had Lincoln not chose me, I don't know when or how it would have happened at that level. Yeah. Yeah, that and and also to just have that experience, like kind of, you know, at, through the grieving process, and then to kind of feel this, like, okay, I know, like, I know he's with me. I know I'm ready. Like to have that sort of like confirmation, you know, is just so mm-hmm. beautiful. And I I've been a spirit weaver, so I love it so much, and I know exactly that, just like that experience of sisterhood and yeah. And I got a yoni steam while I was there. And like, oh, 
I had a private Yoni steam with Christy and then our friend um, did it for us or helped us do wow. it. And I just felt like, okay, I'm, I'm energetically cleared. Yeah. And now, now my womb is also clean exactly. and shiny and ready. And I feel like I feel good going. Like I felt like I had like pep in my stuff again. Yeah. <laughs> do you know what I mean? Like I, I knew the universe was not going to hand me another dead baby. I just knew that wasn't for me. It's not going to happen again. I had full trust. Wow. I also, I just, I learned that like, I just have so much trust in all regards of life in the universe because I feel so taken care of. That's incredible. Just from my experience with Lincoln. I mean, yeah, he's taught me so much about life. And I'm just, I'm, I'm really grateful for him. I love how much you honor him. Like, I, I mean, it's like following along any on social media or anything like that. You just really take the time to honor him. And it's so beautiful. And it, and it makes sense that you feel so connected, not just with him, but also like have that ability to trust that you are taken care of and that these things happen and that's part of our human experience. And like everyone has a different, you know, version of it. Right. Like, exactly. It's like you lost your mom at a young age and you also lost your firstborn and someone else's experience is like, you know, I mean, my, my mom's um, dad was like executed when she was like 12 in Iran and like, Oh my goodness. I always thought about that growing up, like, wow, I can't believe she went, you know, like there's just so many people go through and they come on the other side and, and some choose to heal and some don't, and they choose to like push it aside and repress it. And I think it's, it happened regardless. So like the, the beauty is that you chose to take it head on and like have this beautiful experience with it and then be able to honor it as you moved along, you know? love that so much thank you I felt like Lincoln came to me to give stillbirth a voice yeah and to like help other women feel comfortable talking about it because my doula Vanessa encouraged me to post it on his the day of his birth she was like you would share this if he were here and he's your son and he is here and you birthed him and wow. people want to support you. And I was just like, she's right again. Okay. When I shared like, it. It's after or like a year later? Uh, no, I shared the day he was born. I posted a photo of us. Oh my gosh. He told me to. And I she was like, you're going to want your community. You're going to want to share it. Like, she was like, you should share the birth of your son. Oh my gosh. I was just like okay like I was so like one part of me at that point wanted to hide and not tell people and not talk about it but her encouraging me to talk about it was the first like sweep of grace that came through with the experience yeah because it's like thousands of women around the world wrote me and shared their story and because I didn't know anyone in like my post world, I felt like I had a community of women I could talk to and that, that actually understood what I was going through because nobody else did. Yeah. So I, I felt like social media was kind of like, well, it, it was a tremendous gift in that moment. I can only imagine. Yeah. It was um, still is a gift for me. It's not for everyone, but for me, it's been pretty special. Yeah, and w- what an incredible doula to have that courage to talk to you about it in that way when it was her first stillbirth too. I um, mean, she's a. F- I don't know if you know Vanessa Halby, but she is not of this world. She's incredible, and now she lives in Vermont. Oh, so. oh my gosh. <laughs> That sounds like a dream. <laughs> yeah. So, th- so okay. So, basically, when you went into calling in the 
girls. It Mm -hmm. at that point you felt like you had already grieved enough and you'd felt so connected that you knew that that wasn't going to happen again. So it didn't like, it wasn't a situation where you would, you know, second guess yourself or whatever. It just felt right. Yeah. I just, I knew it wouldn't happen again. I also didn't find out I was having twins until I was 15 weeks pregnant. Oh my gosh. (laughs) And, but prior we had been on the East coast for like four or five months and I got pregnant while we were there. I got pregnant seven months after having Lincoln and we were on the, we were on the East coast for the summer. And, um, Oh, I was just so sick the whole time. I was like, just vomiting nonstop. And at like eight weeks, I, I kept feeling like a flutter, a butterfly feeling you're not supposed to feel until you're like 16 to 20 weeks or something. Yeah. And I just remember we were staying with my mother-in-law and I just remember saying like, gosh, this is for sure a girl because it's so different. And I'm pretty sure there's two because I keep feeling things. I keep feeling movement already. Oh my gosh. And I, and everyone kept being like, what if you're having twins? What if you're having twins? Like the whole time. <laughs> and I was just kind of like, I don't know if I want to have twins. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just like a little nervous about that. Um, and I, but my, I was just like, I know I am though. Oh like I just God. knew I was like, we're having a girl and I'm pretty sure there's two girls. <sighs> and then when we came back, we had our first ultrasound and the doctor's like looking and she was like, guys, 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 <laughs> is this your first, this is your first appointment. And we were like, yeah. She's like, guys, you're having twins. And I just started dying laughing. I was <laughs> like, I knew it. I just knew it. And wow. James was like looking at the monitor and in like silence with his mouth open, total shock. <laughs> he was like, you were right. You were right. Oh my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah wow and yeah. how old are they now there are five wow that went by so fast and they're so perfect in so many ways they're so fun I love I mean I mean we were talking Quincy is so curious about death and grandma Anita and signs that I get she's they're so aware of all of it and like last night before we were putting them to bed she was asking me about Anita my grand, my mom Anita oh and she was like you know mommy and then you had three babies and Lincoln our brother I just don't think I've ever seen a picture of him and what did he look like and I know we have a tree that's Lincoln too but oh what happened to like she just they asked this is just last night. She's talking about it. Wow. She was like, she was like, and thank you, mommy, for bringing me here this morning. She's like, because we just grew in your belly and now we're here on earth. And I'm, <laughs> she's just, I'm like, who are you? What are you? You're so cute. What are you talking <laughs> But this is like all the time they're talking about, they're just so curious. And it doesn't seem scary. I love that death isn't scary. Yeah. Because I feel like death isn't scary. It's yeah. sad. But it's, it happens to every single person. So why are we making it? Why exactly. are we pressing it to the point where it's so scary? Like it's part of, have you it's listened part of to life. Zach Bush talk about it at all? I, I haven't. It's so beautiful. And it just like your story kind of reminded me of it too. Cause he talks about just like the importance of being in the room with our loved ones and seeing their soul pass. Right. Or like, and like not drugging um, them to the point where they can't have that experience of, and like the difference between, cause he like ran a hospice um, clinic and stuff at, at one point. And he was just saying like, the different experiences of the family members and of the people who are passing and the people who are passing. And it just made so much sense. And also just like bringing, you know, different cultures bring their children into that experience. And 
like that's exactly what you're doing in a way, right? Where you're like, obviously they weren't there because they weren't alive yet, but like you're sharing with them constantly. And, and I love it so much. I think it's really cool when, like when we see these new, this new generation and like the way that Mm -hmm. they life and the way that they care for our planet and the way that they Mm -hmm. know that they came here to have this experience and they chose you and it's just so precious I love it do they go to are you like with them 24 7 or do they do any like sort of special like Waldorf or anything like that like how have you approached you know like any sort of education or parenting strategy they go to to school at this place in culver city called play mountain place Mm -hmm. and it's like a humanistic philosophy philosophy excuse me school and it's such a special special place and they go there three days a week and you take like parenting courses when you first sign up and kind of their philosophy becomes like how you are at home and it's just like peaceful parenting. Mm -hmm. I love that. It's pretty special. It's like, it's so beautiful. And I, I always think about, cause obviously there are like, I couldn't imagine having two tantrums happening at once, you know, trust me. I'm telling you that we practice peaceful parenting, but I'm the first person to like lose it. Yeah. It's just, you know, it's, it's, uh, twins, they, it's a lot. I feel like the first five years are so the neediness of it all is really, really hard. Yeah. But also it's like, it's also the most special thing to experience because they're bond and like doing two at once. It's, I can't even like articulate how wonderful it is, but it's also really hard too. the double tantrums and trying to not like lose your shit all the time and be calm. (laughs) I will also think like when you are practicing a parenting style like that, then you're just so much more conscious. And so you're like, it's just like, I don't know. There's just so many things to think about. And, and also you're empowering them, right. To have the yeah. decision. So like they're stronger and it's beautiful. Uh, and it's like, Oh my gosh, what is going on? <laughs> honestly, they're so strong. willed my daughters, <laughs> they, they're like, I'll, I'll ask them to do something or I'll let them know what kind of plan we have for the day. And they're like, you're not the boss of my body. (laughs) I'm like, you're right. I'm not. Yeah. And they're like, you can't control every situation. I'm like, Oh wow. You want to have like, they're so smart with like feelings and emotion and how to talk to me because of school that sometimes (laughs) I'm like, Whoa, what did you just say? Okay. All right. Hold on. Let me just take some space and like swallow what you just said. And, um, let me come back to you and be calm because right now I'm feeling a little bit triggered. Uh, but I love that too, because they're five years old and they like, they really can like feel their feelings and they're good at it. They're good at telling me what they're feeling and what they need. And yeah, it's and cool. That's what- that's what we need more of is like girls and women that are able to articulate their feelings and stand up for themselves and not be taken advantage of. And I think exactly that's what's so amazing. Just setting boundaries. I feel like, yeah, yeah, what you're having firm boundaries, they're really good at having, I mean, that's all you can really, I don't know. Having daughters is such a trip because you just want them to feel so confident within themselves yeah, and teaching confidence where like you and I, I don't know what your childhood was like, but it was different. We weren't, we weren't growing up where it was like celebrated. Yeah. No, (laughs) no. Um, You're bad. If you do that. I mean, it's like ingrained in our society. Like think about Christmas, right? It's like, right. Okay, Santa is going to give you coal if you're bad. And, <laughs> no. 
it's like so it's like shaming them it's so bad and it's It's like so bad they're just trying to create like rule followers in society but then you get a lot of effed up people and then it just doesn't work but you know I feel like we're raising the generation that's gonna shake things up even more than they already are yeah I know I'm excited because I feel like I feel like our age group is becoming a little more awake mm-hmm. and the ones younger than us are even more and it's just going to keep waking and waking up more and I, there's a lot of hope I feel like yeah I know I think like I think about it all the time because obviously I'm sure you do too it's scary to bring children into this world when you know, the state of our environment is the way that it is and like Mm -hmm. all that. But then at the same time that they chose to be here at this time, like we did. And I think that's what's, that's the perspective that I want to hold on to similar to like what you did, right. With moving on with James, it's like, or Lincoln, I think that's really the, that's, what's going to, enable them to make change and to hopefully make it a better world and to, for us to help them inherit a better place. So I think it's, Mm. it's fun, but it's wild. And I think sometimes like, you know, it feels like we're on the defense, but, but I, I love connecting with people like you and, and hearing your story and, and knowing that, you know, you've gone through just so much in your life and, at the end of the day, you just still have so much trust in the universe and trust that you're supported. And I think that's such a beautiful message. And I really appreciate you sharing that. Thank you for having me. I'm so grateful to be able to use this platform to share more about Lincoln. Thanks so much. It's so good to like cry too. Yeah, I know. It's so cathartic. (laughs) It's so nice. Thank you. I'll be thinking about you and your birth and your baby. Wishing you the best, Nikki. Thanks so much, Elena.